no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. And welcome back after what's been two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. It feels like it's been forever, Chris, since we've been on this podcast, but we are back. How are you, Chris? Oh, wait, before I say welcome to Mr. Benjamin Borges. Also, we have a special guest. So how are you, Chris, before we introduce Ben? Well, better because Ben is here and he's definitely going to help me understand all this World (laughs) Cup madness a lot better because this is daunting. So like I said, we have a special guest, Mr. Benjamin Borges. Uh, if anybody's been following us from the very beginning, Ben was with us for the first couple episodes, and then he went off to mm-hmm. do better and bigger things. Uh, but he's back for the World Cup because he loves U.S. soccer. He loves world soccer. Yep. He is the host of the You Heard podcast for all you UM fans out there. Streaming file podcast for all you couch potatoes that love to sit down and watch a bunch of streaming platforms. And, well, he's on Twitter always talking shit. I'm Benny Buckets 847 How you doing, yep. Ben? Good, man. Good. Uh so I figured I'd, I'd tell you that the next show we're going to talk about uh, is Love is Blind on the podcast. You know what I mean? For streaming file. Oh, told, my God. You told me. Yes, you told sir. me that's your favorite show. Yeah. I'm, I I'm love gonna, I, was, I told. Yeah, I told my, my co-host, Jonathan, that, look, man, we're going to have to just watch it past the trailer and just oh and just figure it out from there because we got to watch something wild in these in these crazy times. But, don't, uh, but just don't like the second that half. That you act like you're watching it, but like, oh, I'm just watching it because I have to. Man, that shit gets entertaining as hell. When you see two people that love each other, be like, oh, but but when he sees her nose, I don't know if he's going to be able to deal with that shit. <laughs> like, when you start seeing that, like, come on, that's entertaining. That's entertaining TV. It's trash, but it's entertaining. Yeah, man, sometimes you got to shut your brain off and not give a shit about what you're watching. You know what I mean? Just watch that's it for pure entertainment. And, I, and I'm with that's it. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to check it out, man. The one thing I feel bad about, because I've I've already gone through season one. I'm not there at the end yet, but there's this mm-hmm. there's this one character that literally shows up in the season for like three minutes, and I never see him again. Doesn't talk to any girls. Like, what in the hell were you doing for the time that you were in this house, other than looking like a straight up troll? Because that's well, what I, he looks I, like. He looked I, like a freaking troll under a bridge, which I feel super bad for. Him, but yeah, yeah, let's not, let's not. Come on, come on. That was very mean, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, look, this is a soccer podcast, so I don't want to get too much yeah. into it. But I will tell you that I've read up on the show, and they start with like fifty guys and fifty girls, and as time goes on, when they see that some people aren't connecting with anybody else, they send their ass home. They get a so red like, card. They, yeah, basically. So that dude was one of the. the the 20, 30 people that got sent home early. But anyway, all right. So yeah. obviously, battered hair on. We are an Inter Miami podcast. So we have a little housekeeping to do right before we get into the whole World Cup and all that. So well, it's housekeeping you're this- probably looking forward to for sure. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know. Well, we're going to get into that right now. So we just want to touch up on what only two really stories that have happened since we last recorded, right? First, Phil Neville signs, right? A new contract, but it's only for one year. Now, I have my theories as to why it was just a one-year contract. But before I get into my theories, what do you think, Chris? Why do you think they only signed Phil Neville to a one-year contract, even though he just took the the, the team to a, a playoff run just now? I, a I playoff think, appearance, not a run. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're doing that because they want to see what he does with this, I guess, next sanction year because mm-hmm. we're still going through that crap. So I feel like they want to just see, like, okay, see see where you can get us with all of this crap that we're going through. And then after that, if you can still get us to the playoffs, I feel like they'll probably sign him for, for, for longer term. 
I mean, at this point, he needs to make playoffs, whether oh, win or oh, lose. Yeah. The, yeah, the playoffs is a There's must no for his now. future. Yeah, and so I feel like with the same sort of things going on and hopefully getting better players, I feel like they're probably just banking on this one year to get to the playoffs, and then from there, you know, they'll sign him long term. I think that ben, if he does, if he does that, it'd be good. Ben, when you hear that a coach signs a one-year contract after making the playoffs. What's the because I know you don't follow Inter Miami as closely as we do, right? You mm-hmm, you, you keep mm-hmm, tabs, mm-hmm. but you don't keep. But if right. you hear that somebody signs a one year contract, like what do you think that means? Uh, I I, I put it like this. I, I say like he's almost like a contractor. Like they don't want to give him full benefits. It's just like a trial basis. Like <laughs> like you guys said. Like if you if you're still going through the issues with signing too many players and that whole and that whole sanction stuff. So why would yeah. you pay another guy and just get get that last year out and then? Hopefully, develop the players, and the next manager that comes in can develop the players even further. But he has to make the playoffs again. Now, th- this is my theory, right? I okay. honestly believe that he signs a one-year contract because it's Messi's decision on whether he wants him <laughs> to stay or go this when he guy. gets here. That's what I believe. I believe that they are set on Messi coming, and they don't know if this is going to be the type of coach that Messi wants. So it's like, come over, Messi. You only have to play with him for like two months, right? Because it's going to basically be the summer transfer window. And his contract is done. At the end of those two months, you decide who you want to bring in afterwards. And that's part of the deal. And that's what I believe. I think that that's why after taking this team and making them – like everybody expected us to be one of the worst teams in the East, sanctions and all. We ended up making it all the way to the playoffs with only one DP. And Iwaino was only a really a DP for the second half of the year because the first half of the year he was asked. He got blown out. I mean, it's knee got blown out. All right. So, <laughs> well, I have so, a question. So, this isn't a one year signing. This is a a messy probation period signing. Then, right? That's what because, I think. I think yes. I mean, uh-huh. in, 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 yeah. So we're not even testing whether he could do good with this team. We're testing whether he can mesh well with Messi. Wait, Messi, Messi gonna... Let's see if Messi likes him. That, that's what I think. Yes. I mean, you think so? I mean, we're talking about Messi's going to be here what? Like, if he signs, if all the stars align in the space, right? We're talking, what, like two years? Like what? Messi like, playing for Inter-Miami. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll only be like two, three years. Two, maybe, probably two. But that, uh, that's more than enough. Look, MLS is going to, not just Inter-Miami, MLS is going to do everything possible to get Messi over here. And I think that it's going to happen. And when it happens, you got to let him do whatever fuck he wants you want a new coach go ahead you want Shakira at halftime shows go ahead like whatever you want we're gonna make it happen like you want to play a hard rock instead of drive pink stadium i promise you we'll be playing a hard rock like whatever he wants is gonna make it happen and and that's what i think and then the other topic that we wanted to cover real quick the expansion draft we were talking about it last episode about how we didn't know who was gonna come and go i thought that maybe damian low would be the one to go to my surprise and honestly kind of happy that it happened indiana vasilev was the one to go i know that you love indiana vasilev chris how, <laughs> how how are you feeling that now indiana vasilev is not on the team anymore you know what surprised me is that a lot of people were like really butthurt about vasilev not, yes. getting signed uh to st louis and i get it right he he has like what i consider the backup quarterback factor the aura of the backup quarterback guy where it's like, okay, this guy, he shows these flashes of like, oh, man, he's a hustler. He shows possibilities. So I guess that's why people love him, right? 
but I, other than that, he was like super unproductive. Like you said, he scored two goals in like a thousand minutes. So I don't understand why so many people actually and both like those him. goals came within like eight minutes of each other. It, like yeah. he was completely unproductive. You know, and I'm gonna give a comparison to Ben. Indiana Vasilev is Ben's a big Real Madrid fan. Is like a Lucas Vasquez. Yeah, okay. He he moves around a lot. He runs around a lot. But like, am I really hurt that he's left? Not really. Like, I I really I, don't notice him too much. I actually think I saw his two goals. Like, I think I was like, <laughs> like oh, like yo, this is yeah. Who's this Indiana guy, man? He's a he's a ball. He's a boss. Yeah, yeah man. I was like, <laughs> he was a bottle. Then then and then anytime I saw highlights, I was like, yo, why didn't he get any more burn? Then you kind of find out, oh, okay, he's just Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's just yeah. You know what I mean? Like. You know what I mean? Like, but the thing he's is, the guy he that, like, did get a lot of minutes. Yeah, uh, so does Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, nah. So... Hey, look, it, yeah, I, look, it's... And I, I agree with Chris. It's kind of like the guy that, like, oh, there, there's got to be something better on the bench. And you yeah. just think it's going to be him, and he's not. So, move on, salute, goodbye. Hasta luego. And that's that's what I thought that the the Twitter I thought that the fan base was just gonna be like, hey, it was a nice run, good job, Indiana, you did great with us, and we hope for better pastures in the future. But like a lot of people were like freaking crying on Twitter, like, dude, calm down, man. It's not like we lost an all star here. Like, come on. Well, we did make sure that we didn't lose Campana, right? Campana yeah. is going to get that that uh, that buyout clause exercise. We're going to bring him back next year. Now, unfortunately, he didn't make the World Cup with Ecuador, but Ecuador still yeah, managed to shame. whoop up on Qatar yesterday. It would have been nice to see Campana go ahead and score in the World Cup. That would have been a big deal. But you know what sucks about something like that is that when somebody in the World like let's say Campana would have gone to the World Cup and he would have balled out, right? Like Valencia scored two, should have been three goals yesterday. If that would have been Campana... Yeah. Big clubs start looking for those players, and they're like, oh, yeah. "Ooh, this guy, what, 21, 22 years old? Yeah, let's that see if we can get him team. over." Right. So, I mean, I feel bad for him, but at the same time, like, very know, selfishly, he's like, yeah, he's good. He's he's with us for another two, three years, probably. So, selfishly, <laughs> I'm happy. But we're yeah. here to talk U.S. men's national team. Today we had our first game. Um, I mean, by all accounts, I think most people are disappointed with the result. And I think before the game, if you would have said it's going to end in a draw, I don't think people would have been as upset about it. But I think it's the way the first half played out and then how things completely turned the second half that kind of changed everybody's mindset, right? Because when you watch the first half, you're like, okay, like we should be able to take three points here and pretty easily. And the way things turned on their head in the second half, I think is where everybody's kind of like, you know, th this is disappointing when I think it wouldn't have been as disappointing, you know, before the game, you were like, it ends in a draw and be like, damn, that sucks. But OK, I'll take it. What do you think, Ben? Uh, yes, I agree. I think if it would have ended like if U.S. had that second goal to to draw it out, I think it's a different reaction where like they're showing their fight. So it was a tale of two halves, right? Like you've seen it all across YouTube, on Twitter. It was. I can break it down in one easy thing for me. And it's not – it became too late to sub. I think that, like, when the game was getting away, there was no recognition of, yo, man, we need to change this. And the wrong substitutions were made. Not overall. Like, I'd like to bring it in the Aronson. But I, you saw 
at the you saw in the last ten minutes of the first half, you saw Weston yeah. McKinney being hurt. You saw him go, grabbing at his groin. He he was already coming in injured. Shouldn't have started the second half. You put in an Aronson there to take over to be the attacker, and then when you got to bring Waya off, that could be Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna allegedly had a little tightness. Allegedly, that's what that's what Triple G is saying, Greg Berhalter. So you bring in Jordan Morris, who doesn't bring anything to the table but run run around. He's Lucas Vasquez, right? Like doesn't like he might <laughs> give you that Indiana one Vasilev. goal. He's Indiana Vasilev. Like he doesn't really technically he's not there. He shouldn't be on the men's national team. And this is not a knock of of MLS. Just he's twenty eight years old. He's not getting any better. Play the younger guys that and build for twenty twenty six, which is what we've always talked about. It's 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 an ongoing issue that I've always had with Triple G. Besides the fact that I never think I never thought he should have got the job in the first place. That's a whole different podcast. He well, is always too late, always too late to sub. He's never proactive. He's never proactive. He made yeah. he made uh three he made two substitutions in the seventy fourth minute. He made one in the seventy fifth minute and one in the eighty eighth minute. And and that's without talking about the the McKinney sub on the sixty sixth minute. Yep. I, I honestly thought that he was gonna sub earlier, especially with Desk. When Desk got that yellow card, I thought Yedlin would play the whole second half. Yeah. When McKinney got that that first yellow card, I was like, okay, he's gonna be subbed out quick in the second half, also. So I just based off of yellow cards, I thought that because that would kill some aggression, that they might sub some of these players off earlier. I was surprised that the subs came in so late. But let, let's let's you said it's a tale of two halves. So let's let's talk about the two halves. Let's talk about the first half first, Chris. The first half, I felt like we dominated. What did you take away from the first half? Like, what did you see when you were watching that first half? Because I thought we played very well the first half. I, I, I like the fact that they were very, very aggressive, especially against Wales. They were playing like a, a 5-3-2, and uh, USA was playing a 4-3-3. I think that they were playing very, very aggressive off the off rip, and which is nice to see. It's always nice to see a team start to take over. And you could just tell that with a goal or without a goal in the first half, uh, you could be able to see, okay, the USA is is on their shit right here. They're really a, on a different level as far as their playing, uh, their playing and their tempo than Wales was the entire the entire first half. That, to me, is what set the tone. Well, I, I felt like um, they had no choice but to do that because Wales didn't want the ball. <laughs> like, they were just like <laughs> – there was like – not even 10 people. There was like 14 people in the box. Every time I saw the U.S. come into attack, I felt like they had – was they were playing for the counter. Yeah. Like, like, like there's nobody's business. Like, and it felt like they had so many people waiting to defend and playing for that counter that the U.S. could not break down that defense. And that's when I thought that they were missing a Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna can go ahead and take and get by one or two defenders. And yeah. once you have somebody that is good with the ball at their feet – that could take one or two defenders out, that opens up the rest because then the defenders have to collapse on that player and it opens up for movement behind them. And because we didn't have that, we were just passing it around. And we had possession for like, what was it, like 60, 70%? Yeah. Because we just kept passing, trying to figure out how to get through that. And, I mean, thank God for Pulisic finally getting the ball in his feet and and with those lead passes to, Tim, to, to where. Like, I, I wasn't sure if we were going to break through at all. And once we broke through... The game changed, and what I mean by it changed is Wales completely changed their tactic. It's like they were like, you know, we're going to play to not lose. Like, we're not going to lose. You're not going to score. We'll, we'll go ahead and get a counter and win, 
or we're going to go with a zero-zero draw. Like, I felt like that was their game plan. And once they got scored on, they're like, all right, fuck it. We can't lose this. We need this point at least. And then the game completely changed after that. So, but I, I agree with you. I think we dominated the first half. Possession, we couldn't break through, but we got through eventually with one. And then things changed late in the first half. Then we got to the second half. Well, now, and I, I have, a, get... have, a, I have a question for Ben, because you, you yeah. might know this better than I do, right? When it comes to, to Wales playing that sort of counterattack thing, Mm-hmm. Do you think that they have enough speed to be able to do something like that? Because I couldn't tell. I couldn't yeah, really tell if they have the kind of legs for that. Uh, yes, they do. It's, it's, it's the, they play the thing with with Wales and bail on Wales is they know exactly who they are, right? They they they're always gonna they're gonna they're gonna put five. It's gonna they're gonna play a five three two low block and they're gonna set you up for the counter. They have Bale on one side. They have is it Daniel James on the left? Yeah, they got they have James out on half. the other side. Yep. Yeah, they got he got subbed out at half for Kiefer Moore, and that's the game they play. They're gonna catch you on the counter. Look, look, yeah. Bale is Bale is a uh, a guy that does nothing for eighty five to ninety percent of a game. He might do some back pass, but it, it give him one moment, and that's all he needs. Right, and he'll so, have that random run in like Copa del Rey. <clears throat> yeah, he'll make that random run to become a legend. So it's mm-hmm. with Bale, it's always you always have to be careful. You always have to be cautious. That's what you said, uh, Danny, earlier about the Gio Reyna. The, the big issue was Anthony Robinson goes so far up on the channel to, on the wing over to overlap Pulisic that it would always leave Eunice Musa to be almost that, 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 that default left That's back. Right. So his, right. yeah, so his runs. There'd be a ton of space, but he's running from almost the other box. So he's having to make this 60, 70 yard run to get into the attacking attacking third. But there, there, by that time, he's already tired and he kept having to do that because the constant interplay of Polistic and Anthony Robinson. There was never a time that Anthony Robinson back enough to get Eunice Musa to, to be the Eunice Musa to be the outlet. Eunice Musa would be the default left back. So that was a lot of the issues that happened. And and the pressure and the pressure that they ended up putting that USA ended up putting led us to get the first goal on the 36th minute where you know Polisic gave a great feed to Wea to be able to set him up with that. I mean, caught caught them with their pants down, Wales. And as soon as that happened, <clears throat> they went from they're still playing with five in the back, but their backs yeah. weren't staying back anymore. They were pressing no, yeah. forward now. Like the game completely changed. Now before we get into the second half. Did, what did you think about the starting 11, Ben? As far as – I was okay with it outside of Josh Sargent. I'm not a big Josh Sargent fan. I'm not a fan I of thought, him playing striker. And I had this conversation yeah. with my brother, and he's like, well, we don't have any other striker. I honestly thought we were going to play with a false nine. That's what I was expecting. Mm-mm. What did you think Greg, about Josh Greg, Sargent getting that start? I actually thought Josh Sargent was uh, really important in getting that goal because of his hold-up play. If you watch that play, he gets it from Matt Turner – I think it bounces off Eunice Musa to him. He holds it up at, at the same time. Pulisic cuts in front of him to to catch to catch everybody uh, moving forward with the back line of Wales, which led Pulisic to get that open space. But Josh Sargent, we have to remember, right? Like it's it's difficult because I I always want my team to win. This is an incredible young team. Josh Sargent has been playing European soccer since he was like 17, right? I think he's only 22, 23 now, so he's still super young. I don't. We don't have we don't have a good center forward. We don't have a good striker. We have a striker by committee, which means you don't have a striker, right? Like if <laughs> if you have two quarterbacks, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. 
Like that's if you just, have a running back by committee, you don't have a, a, a legit running back. You don't have a Derrick Henry. Exactly. So that's that's who it is. Like I didn't. I thought honestly, I thought they would have started Jesus Fajeda in this one. Looks like they're saving him for the England game, which bothers me. But whatever. Um, because he's more of a false nine central. Uh, he's more of a, a cam. He plays that number ten role better than he does a striker. So that's why I thought not bringing Pepe was the mistake. Yeah, the that's what I wanted. There. I wanted Pepe to be on the squad. Yeah, Pepe should have started this game. But uh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't have a problem with it. I thought Tim Ream would be an issue. I thought Tim Ream had a great game uh, for a 34-year-old center back. He's th- old. He's old, but the connection that he has with uh, Robinson is the reason that he got the start. They both played mm-hmm. for Fulham, so they have that connection. And I thought that that was smart. Like, the only thing yeah. is that when you're playing against a team that that plays the counter, like, Reem is slow. Yes. So, like, I, I, yeah. that was a worry of mine getting caught on the counter when you have him as one of your, your uh, center backs. But, I mean, I thought he played pretty well. He's great with the, with the ball at his feet. Yeah, great, great distribution for sure. Yeah, man, uh, it was it was tough. It was tough. Like, I, I sat there after the, after the final whistle, and I was just like, this one hurts, man. Because now – talking like we could get into it like oh, yeah go ahead get, forward, get into the second like, half get into the second half because that's, that's what i was gonna so talk you go about into, with now i was gonna ask you for the second half you go into that so so you go into that second half and the pressure's on wales is all over you mm-hmm. wales is all over yeah you, crushing you throwing everything into the box they got this huge six foot four six foot five striker now so now they have a target man up top they have to have bail people to run off of we're lucky we didn't lose this game after that penalty yeah. Because of that, that little through ball that he had with with Johnson, that was in on. And if he's a better, if he's a better soccer uh, football player, he makes that easy two once a week. Almost came out with no points out of this one. So in that sense, yeah. we have to be lucky. But again, like like I said at the beginning of this, right? Like Greg was too slow to to change it. Like it just it took too long to bring this up. But you knew Weston McKinney was hurting. To begin with, you let you left him was, in there next for a little bit. Minutes. It was about like eight, ten minutes that you could really tell off the TV. Yeah, I, I have, exactly. Like it just. Go ahead. I have a question for you guys, and, and I'll bring it to you first, Chris. When you're winning one zero in the World Cup, and you see that a team is attacking you, like impressing you hard, at, at what point do you try to play keep away? Like, at what point do you start trying to run out the clock? Because I felt like the United States didn't like just try to win the game at that point like at that i, I thought that you would have like try to play the middle of the field and kind of like hey let's play a keep away and and if we find a, a an opportunity we'll, we'll pass it up ahead and go for it but i felt like they weren't going and playing it safe no. like they weren't playing for the win and and i felt like that cost them a, 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 like a lot of possession in the second half well, I mean, for the most part, there were a lot of times where Wales was just on the attack and they're not able to hold on to the ball in the second half. But, but that's why you need I somebody th- like Gio Reyna out there, I thought. Yeah, I think that you needed better ball managers and I feel like you need uh, better defenders. I feel, like, I feel like maybe on the 60th, 65th, 70th minute would be good to kind of play keep away. But again, I mean, you have to kind of pick your spots, see when you can attack because... I mean, as you could tell, a one goal lead is is just not enough. Well, well I, I was thinking more on the 80th minute. But what do you think about that, Ben? I felt like I felt like they they, and and I, and I I respect it. Like fuck it, go for the kill, go for the second goal if you if you think you have an opportunity. But I wanted them to you know just fucking get them, play for the point for the three points at, at at some point. Like you know, I, I that's just me. I don't know. 
No, you're right. Look, I feel you gotta, like- and I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to shit on him, right? Like, I, I just, this is where, <laughs> this is where Greg Berhalter fucking kills you, man. Like, he always wants to play out of the back. You see, the team yes. is pressing you. You see, you always, you can't always play out of the back. Like, and Matt Turner is not necessarily the best with the ball at his feet. He's not, but if you have one super slow center back, right, that's good at distributing. But you see, he has a a a, a midfielder right on him. Or a winger right on him. You you never ever try to break that line. You just hey, we're gonna build out the back. We're gonna we're gonna throw the back. messes them up. We're gonna go give it to to Dest if he's there. We're gonna give it to to Yedlin, or we're gonna give it to Anthony Robinson. So you're just inviting them to come forward. Like it was just waves. So you were welcoming yeah. you're welcoming the attack. You're making it easier for them because at one point I don't even think they Wales had a guy pass midfield. Because why would they? Yeah. Like they would need yeah. to if, if you're you're playing it to their hands. You're never playing for the counter. You're not bringing fresh bodies in because you already see you see Musa having to run forty yards. You see Weston McKinney being hurt and not giving them any outlet. And the game plan is like, hey man, figure it out. That's so that's, are, that's why I want somebody like Gio Reyna in the midfield though, because I feel like Gio Reyna can can control the ball. He can get those passes. I felt like we didn't have enough ball. Ball handlers, I guess you could say. I don't know if that's a term that we yeah, use. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like we needed somebody like that. And Gio Reyna, I thought, I mean, I guess if he was injured, I guess I I, I can't Allegedly. say too much. I hadn't, Greg I hadn't said heard he had about tightness. that until you just yeah. said Allegedly. it. Allegedly. I don't, okay, I don't, he was necessary, yeah. I think, in those in those instances. I mean, and, the, and, no, and it came, it actually came close to freaking Turner almost at the end. If Christian Bill would have had his wits about him, he could have got one right over turner i don't know if you yep. noticed but they ended up fouling him almost like in the in the in the half line because in a split second inside the box yeah oh my goodness this guy turner's like yep. playing in the middle of the field like what are you doing my guy there was also a corner get... that he went to catch it and went right off through his hands oh no yeah he was yep. super yep. super scary bro yeah it was it was a little it was dicey it was dicey scary mm-hmm. so um look well, back to you said about Reyna. He allegedly had tightness in the pregame warmups. There's, the, I don't think anybody talked to Gio Reyna. This is just Greg saying it. I question everything Greg says, and I always will just because I'm not, just because I don't like the guy. Like I'm, be, I'm being fully, I mean, full disclosure. I just don't like the guy. He's this like, is the most successful see... the U.S. men's national team has been over the last couple of years, though. I don't care. This talent, I this talent, but. <laughs> You could, I guess I told you, look, we went to a game in Orlando and I shit it over Paul Ariola and he scored two goals. Did my mentality change? No, I still don't like the guy. I don't like Jordan Mortis. I'm going to stick to my guns with people. I will I never that. like Triple G. I won't look. I, I understand, but you got to think about go back to CONCACAF, right? We we finished third, but we be, we only won one away game against countries that don't don't deserve to be in the world cup. You know what I mean? Like that fight for everything. Like they literally cheat. Like they will, they will handball a goal. And that's my home country of Panama handball a goal in to make it to the world cup. These are countries that will die for this shit. Greg does not put out a winning product because he does. He always, every game is going to be, it's going to be the same. You can't name a time besides the second half of like the Honduras game a year and a half ago when Pepe saved Greg's job. That they were down 2-0 and came back 4-2, that he's changed tactics and been like proactive about it. Because that even those changes were reactive. He, this he's game game against England. It's gonna be the same way. Want to play out the back, 
And England is a monster. He's going to play the same way because he thinks his tactics are going to work. He never really changes it. Usually it's the players making plays. So then do you think that he's going to limit? Like, like, do you think that he's limited, I guess, the capacity of the team, like the the way that they play? Oh, yeah, man. I think he's, I think he's taking personal issues. I thought John Anthony Brooks should have been on this squad as a better John distributor. Brooks, John Brooks would have been great on this team. Um, I would have rather um, him than, than to see Zimmerman out there. Yeah, I would rather see John Brooks than, than Aaron Long, who we'll probably see for the for the England game because Greg rates him so highly. Like we got to remember, like he's he's picking his team, so he's picking the guys that he likes. And he's picking the tactics that he likes. He's he coaches a men's national a national team like it's a club team. A club team you have all year to teach your tactics and all that stuff. You get yeah. a, like a week at the most with these guys, at the most. So you make it up like, and they're gonna play the same way. I don't, man. I, I thought they walked well, with the pressure. I don't know. Well, go ahead, Chris. What did you think about that penalty? What did you think was going through Zimmerman's head? Because I couldn't believe. That he did that in that in that moment, like it's like the eighty first, eighty second minute, was it? Like it's so late in the game. Like why would you go for such a crazy tackle inside the box when Bale's back was to the net? Like what are you doing at that point? Like I understand if it's like oh he's got a clear shot on goal, but like he's receiving the ball, his back is to the goal. Why are you going for such an aggressive tackle? Like what was going? What did you think of that? Because I thought it was. Incredible. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I think if it's if it's not coming from the side, that sort of aggressive tackle is always a no-go, especially near the box. Now, I can understand. I mean, we're talking about split-second st- split stuff here. When he goes in for the tackle, you could tell that he does make some contact with the ball, but it's not going to take away the fact that you're definitely going to make contact with the player. And legitimately, he has the best position bale has great position like at that point once you're going in and you're about to get the the ball is his Mm -hmm. yeah it's a wrap you're gonna get that called 10 out of 10 so like i kind of in theory i guess in a split second decision it seemed like it was a, a, a a smart move to make but so late in the game with the pressure that's mounted on you and you know that there's you got to know that there's like 10 plus minutes left. I mean at that point you got to chill the fuck out, you know. Uh-huh. You don't do those kind of boneheaded tackles. But again, we're talking about it was Reem that had the the tackle, right? Now Zimmerman. It was Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I mean it's just it's a it's it was a brutal tackle, bad timing, but in a split second decision I can understand why he made the tackle. What do you think about it? Chris uh, in Chris's defense, they both have ponytails and they're very hard yeah. to tell tell yes. apart. They kind of <laughs> I didn't know who was who for a while, so they like zoomed in, like, oh, okay, that's Reamers. Yeah, for a second, I thought it was um, Bale. <laughs> yeah, all the same, just just the yeah, just just a bunch four Bale running around, <laughs> just a bunch of yogurts out there. Um, <laughs> no, nah, man, look, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was a bad play. Like, you, I don't know, I don't know what he was thinking because even if it is a split second, like you could clearly see his back. Because it's not like he just arrived there. He was waiting for the ball. So he went, it just, it seemed like a tired, frustrated, like overwhelmed type of foul. You know what I mean? Like, you know how, because if that's a foul at midfield, it's it's a great foul because you're stopping the, the counter. But mm-hmm. to stop, like, to follow him there, it was just, it was just a bad decision. 
Reem took a yellow earlier in that game. That was a great foul. Like you knew it was a yellow yes. when he did it, but he yes. stopped yep. a, a, a possible scoring opportunity. You take that. Yep. But right there, yep. man, that was that was rough. And I will tell you, Bale took that penalty kick and he shot it with so much power. It was like the power was like 70 years of soccer frustration for yep. Wales for missing the mm-hmm. World Cup so many times. And there was no stopping that shot because Turner got his hand on it, and that thing was zooming by him anyway. Like that was Turner, yeah, I thought, did a great job getting his hand on it, but there was no stopping that shot. So that was a great job by Bale. Like you said, he shows up at the very end. Yeah, um, at the very end. So at this point, we have a point. Wales has a point. England, Mali has walked. 100 points. Uh, Iran with that 6 2 win. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're looks, on to the next round. Yeah, so it looks like they are, unless the United States completely destroys them on Friday. It looks like England is in the path, is in the driver's seat to go to the next round. But we now are in a position where because we had this draw, we are no longer in control of our own destiny. We have to hope that Wills doesn't completely dominate Iran the way that England did. Mm-hmm. And we have to get a draw against England at worst. Yep. Because if we lose mm-hmm. to, uh, to England and Wales beats Iran... We're in a shitty position for that third yeah. game. Goal difference. Because you're counting on gold. Like, you're going to have to kick Iran's ass because mm-hmm. and hope that England beats Wales. Because at that point, you're, you're, you need England to beat Wales, and then you need to murder Iran, right? So I think they, they put themselves in a really rough spot. So now that I've said that, let's get into this game on Friday. It's it's the game that we've been waiting for since this group was announced, right? We've been talking about yes. how it's called soccer. It's not football, right? Yes. We've been talking shit. It's, it's it's an apartment. It's not a flat. Fuck your mm-hmm. crunkets and all that other shit that you like to drink. Fuck tea. <laughs> I drink coffee. Fuck all that. Tea. You know, fuck it's disgusting. Fuck yeah. England. So that's where we're at. But yeah. after today, I, I don't feel as confident as, as all the shit talking I've been doing over the last. Of course not. These, these guys just <laughs> these guys just dropped a six burger. <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully everybody's gonna drop a six burger on our. But you know what? I, I, mean, I that's what it feels like. Comparisons. I feel I appreciate the comparisons that everybody's been doing, right? Because everybody's like, oh, but you know what? England is like the cowboys of the world of soccer, right? Like, yeah. they, they'll, you, they'll make you think that they're good, and then they'll shit the bed. So that's what I'm hoping for on Friday. So I'm gonna start with you, Ben. What do you see? Like, what do you expect? First, tell me, do you think there's going to be any changes to the starting 11? And then tell me, what do you think the outcome of this game is going to be? Uh, I think there'll be two changes, maybe three changes to the starting 11. Uh, I think he'll start Fajeda over Sargent just because mm-hmm. he thinks that's his number one guy. Um, I think he'll bring in Aaron Long because that's his number one guy. And I think Wea was pretty burned out. Um, towards towards the end of that game today, so I'll probably bring in Aronson on the right, and we'll continue to wonder why the fuck Gio Reyna can't start for the men's national team, or if he even gets burned. When to me he's, if not one of the most talented players we've ever had, the most talented player we've ever had, just because and he has, look, he has a mentality that that Pulisic doesn't have, right? Mm-hmm. Like G, like. Like when when Reyna gets fouled, he'll punch in the fucking throat. When Pulisic gets fouled, he's looking at the ref like, "Yo, ref, what's up?" Like, and it's not a knock. Every player is different, different personalities. You need in this in this England game, you're gonna need a Gio Reyna. If Reyna doesn't see the field, 
if Reyna, fuck this. If Reyna doesn't start, I I have all the worst feelings in the world about this game. Because you need somebody tough. Fajeda ain't that dude. You need somebody tough on that front line, man. To to when you when you get those opportunities, because England does have the shitty ass Harry Maguire back there, uh, the overweight but somehow in shape Luke Shaw. I'm shitting on this whole team. Uh, I'm not gonna have to worry about you know what I mean. Like, I hate Luke Shaw. I hate Luke Shaw. He just uh-huh. he's like skinny fat. It's weird. Like you're a soccer player. <laughs> How do you run 90 minutes every day and just still look like and that? It's unacceptable. Fat. And you're skinny fat. It's weird. Uh, Jude Bellingham does scare me for for the midfield. The midfield scares me. I hate Harry Kane and his abnormally long face. Um, I hate Phil. I hate Phil Foden. No, no, I'm shitting on this whole roster. I hate Phil Foden and his inability to get a good haircut. Raheem Sterling, just you're terrible in in FIFA. I hate you. Jamaican. He shouldn't be playing for England. He's Jamaican. Why is he? Come on. I I hate I hate like I'm gonna be watching this game. Like not blinking, sweating bullets, and fucking screaming at my TV the entire time. Like Greg, make a switch, but he won't, and it just—it's gonna be frustrating for me. I don't know. Look, I'm not gonna give you a prediction because I refuse to give that team from that country that we got our independence from any fucking credit. So they get—they get eat a dick. So no, all, with all disrespect. But uh, yeah, man, I just eat a bag well, of crumpet dicks and wash it down with warm tea. You fucks. Well, just let's put it out there. We are undefeated in war against them, and we yes. are also undefeated against them in all World Cup play. So we've yeah. never lost to them. Yeah. It's just the facts. We've never lost to England in any way. I, yeah. I could so, see right, them we, pulling it down as Cowboys. They don't even get the sun. Like, that's how much God hates them. Yeah. Like, we, they yeah, don't even exactly. get the sun. So, yeah. yeah, they're terrible people. Got, so... Chris, do you have any predictions since Ben refuses to give a prediction right now? Which I feel like tells me what his prediction is. What uh, <laughs> my brother, uh, fuck England, two O US. <laughs> fuck it, I like that. I like that. You know what I mean? like that. Fuck England. Fuck that. No that? goals. <laughs> yeah, no goals. Matt Turner standing on his fucking head. I actually think that it's gonna be high scoring. Oh, you're I feel crazy. like okay. it's gonna be high scoring. I think it's gonna be like four two. The United States win. Yeah, I don't know why, but I Maybe feel they, like because Harry Maguire's back there. That's why. Well, you know, one thing that I I, I think that Ben is right on that there's got to be some changes made. Um, I I don't know for the better or for worse if those changes you know would help out. I know that Reyna would definitely make a huge difference. This whole tightness crap is just uh, it's 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 ridiculous. Um. You you want to put your best players forward, not not have these guys sitting on the pine. But dude, these guys just won six two. Like I'm really hoping that we beat them, and that everybody just scores an average of six goals against Iran. That's what I hope. Well, and I, that I, we I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. And that we just finished our last game playing against Iran, and we score like seven goals. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I think Pulisic comes out and he shows up Mount because Mount, I think, is overrated, right? So I think Pulisic scores, and I think that he shows up Mount. I think it's going to be personal. I think Harry Maguire is going to be a positive for us because he is so bad. 
I watch Manchester United. He's one of the worst players I've ever seen in my life. So Harry Maguire, mm-hmm. on top of being ugly, he's horrible. Um, Very ugly. Very ugly. Yes. Yeah. Um, I am worried about Raheem Sterling coming he's down a guy, the side. He's a guy that would not walk away with a date on that Love is Blind show. No, he might get a date, but they'll turn around once they see him. Yeah. Oh, no, man. I, that would be no, Let me stop being me. That, that, that's me. No, I'll, no, I'll take, I take no, that. No, no, fuck that. Fuck that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Harry, Harry Maguire got meth mouth. I'm going to say Harry Maguire got meth mouth. Your teeth is too fucked up, son, and you make millions of dollars. Get that shit fixed. Dental care is free in England, bitch. There's no excuse for this. All right. Again, that's this, it. Is, that's it. This, is, this is our guest host. He does not <laughs> represent the Battered Herons podcast. I'm co-signing he, that, he, though. He's, come on. He's just <laughs> none of this is affiliated with the Battered Herons. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> Coming I co-sign that. Uh, Jack Grealish, I, I, I'm frustrated with him just because he, he was talking crap about Amiron because he came from MLS and Amiron is now killing it in the EPL. He's not mm-hmm. starting. He scored today. I didn't see how he scored, but he scored late. Um, I, I, I think that the U.S., if we can get Gio Reyna out there, I do not think that, um, that Reem is gonna is gonna sit, and I don't think I think Zimmerman is also gonna start. So I don't think Long is gonna start. I think we're still gonna have the same back four. I think that our midfield still gonna stay the same. I do think Gio Reyna is gonna start. I think that Sergeant we won't see, but I think that again I've been waiting for that false nine, and I think that's what Gio Reyna is gonna play. He's gonna play like a center forward type uh, position, and uh, and Aronson will probably take over for Wea. Like you said, he Wea looked like he was gassed. I think that that's going to be the, the changes, two up front. And um, I think that we could maybe squeak out a victory. I, and that, that's me probably being extremely biased. Um, of course. I mean, that's what I, we do. But, right. But I, I do think that the U.S. feels like their back is against the wall. like Because it is, in, in a sense. Mm-hmm. You can't lose this game. Yeah. You have to go for the win. You can't play for a draw because you might lose, right, on a counter or whatever. Because, I mean... Say what you want. Harry Kane can score from absolutely anywhere. Like, that's just Facts, what he yeah. does. And then yeah. you have Raheem Sterling that, that runs up and down the field like he's a madman. So I, I, you can't play for the for the draw. You have to go for the win. Um, I, I think that we, we hopefully squeak out a win. I'd say 2-1 USA. Is, is that where Raheem Sterling uh, scares you a little bit? Is the fact that you got to go for the win so you might leave, uh, yeah, get caught up on the there. counter? Yeah. Right, for sure. And yeah. then if he catches Harry Kane down in the, in the middle, it's a wrap because Harry Kane, Harry Kane for, for anything, Harry Kane is a fucking stud. Like, yeah, he's, he he's hands down one of the best strikers in the world. Like, hands down. Like, unfortunately, that, that's who they have on their team. That's a striker strikers. That's a, that's a striker. Yeah. That's a Lewandowski, like, level yeah. striker. So, that's somebody that worries yeah, me. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, Harry Maguire or, or uh, who else is on this squad? They got a bunch of you know, Jack Grealish, like Rice. Rice. I'm I'm honestly surprised that that Phil Foden is starting, Phillips. but I'm not worried. About, I'm not worried about them either. Like I'm surprised the Trippier starting over uh, Kyle Walker. Um, but I, I I don't know. I I again probably biased, but I think that we can squeak out a win. Again, we've never lost to them in World Cup play. Uh, if we end up with a draw, I still think that that's a victory because we have to mm-hmm. hope that. They have they they have to beat Wales, right? There's this, there's a rivalry there. They're both in the United Nations, so hopefully they take that personal. They want to beat Wales, and we have to take care of business against Iran. But 
we can't lose this game. Like it's not a must win, but it's a can't lose. And I feel like that's how they that's we have to treat it. We can't lose this game. Best best case scenario is Wales, uh, because they're not aggressive, draws with Iran, one one or zero zero. We draw and then we beat Iran and then we get and then we get through because I don't think Wales Wales beats England. Like no, it's I, I this, like this is be- this is why that this is why this uh this late goal, this late penalty was so damning. Because yeah. if you get three points, then uh, then all you need is a draw against England, and you're basically through. Like that, like now the whole like you gotta like figure out matchups. This next game is so much bigger than it was, with England basically already through. They're not playing with any pressure. We're playing with all the pressure. So I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna react to that. We are the youngest team in the World Cup. So we'll see, man. I'm I'm nervous about it, but but fuck it. Two zero U.S. I feel like this World Cup. Obviously, we want to make a run, and I think if we make a run, right, uh, even if it's a small run, it, it helps our um, the way we're viewed, right? And I feel yeah. like it, it gives us a little momentum going into 2026 because – and I've been talking to Ben about this since 2014. Since 2014, yeah. I've been telling you, 2026, and that was before I think we even knew that the, the, that the Cup was going to be here in the United States. 2026 mm-hmm. is going to be our year. I'm not saying to win it all, but to make it to the final four. I honestly have said that since 2014. Ben is my witness, and I'll still say it. Yes. I think in 2026, we make it to the final four, and this World Cup has to propel us there. We have to have a decent showing. Like our young guys are all going to get this experience, and within throughout the next four years, I think that we can build a good enough roster, good enough experience, and our, our talent is just going to keep growing. That in 2026, that, that's when we make our run. So we need a good showing this year to kind of propel us to what I think we will be in 2026. And that's and so that, that's how I view this. I don't view it as like, oh, we're gonna win the World Cup or we're gonna make it to the final four mm-hmm. or the or the semifinals, the, the final the quarterfinals. No, I just want us to look good. Let's look good. And I th- I think we have a chance in 2026 to really make some noise. Now, before we finish up, World Cup in general. Because we didn't have a, an episode before the World Cup started. So, mm-hmm. do you have any predictions as to how this World Cup ends up? Chris, you do you have... Sure. Go ahead, Chris. I think Brazil's going to win all this shit. Okay. I, that, most mm-hmm. people are saying that. Mm-hmm. I, that's just what I think. I mean, they're like they're like the Yankees of this of this FIFA stuff, aren't they? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I think yeah, they're going to just take, they're going to take the bag. I think that's what I think. What about you, Ben? Uh, uh, Brazil plays Argentina in the semifinal, and if if all things shape out the way they're supposed to, right? Like each player, each team wins their group. Yada yada yada. They were playing the semifinal. I think the winner of that wins the World Cup. I I have a long-standing hatred of Argentina. Just because I don't like the way they sound when they speak Spanish, I'm very, I'm very petty. <laughs> like it's not, you know what I mean. Like it's not salutes. I, I know you've had amazing players. Really don't like your colors, but I kind of like Uruguay as my dark horse because of Fede Valverde. I just want to uh, make sure I say his name on this podcast. I birthed him from from a young pup at Real Madrid. Not not really because Real Madrid yeah. already had him. Yeah, I was like, yo, this Fede Valverde guy. Um, I think I think Brazil takes it, but whoever wins that Brazil Argentina game. Is gonna win it for me, unless Messi chokes again in the final, which I'll celebrate until he's at Inter Miami, and then I'll be like, "Hey, Messi, win it this time, though." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's don't let's, blow let's, it. Let's close the. Yeah, don't blow it. 
I feel like everybody's hoping for a swan song from, well, I, I think it's more likely for Messi than Ronaldo. But everybody's hoping to, to get one of those finishes, right? To have one of those guys go out on top. Even though Ronaldo's kind of like become public enemy number one in the soccer world for that interview he did last yeah. week. And I, I guess I can go off on a tangent because this is our show, so fuck it. What did you guys, did you listen to that show, I mean, that interview, uh, Ben? Uh, I watched bits and pieces of it. I didn't catch the whole thing. Just because I've been, you know what I mean? What did you think of it? I feel like you got a lot to say. So just unleash, my brother. Go ahead. Get it off your chest. No, I, I was I was surprised because that felt like very um very American. Like you don't see stuff like that in European soccer. But like you'll see something like that in like the NFL or the NBA, where somebody oh, just kind of randomly opens up. Yeah, like like yeah. they forcing their way out of a team. Like you don't really see that in soccer, right? That's right, it's called soccer. You don't really see no. that in soccer, like. But like, he was just like, "Hey, like, yeah, their facilities suck. Like, no. I've been gone for like 15 years. I came back, and it's still the same bench set. It's like, what the fuck? Like, no, like, <laughs> like he was just, he, he was just like, like on every which way you could think of, he was just shitting on the the team. And I was like, very surprised. He's like, the the, the new uh, operations of soccer head guy or whatever. He's like, he's not a soccer guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. I call him boss. I respect him, but like he doesn't know what he's doing, and like he was just openly pooping on people, and I was like, "It's like, man, this is like, this is weird." So like he's like blatantly like just <laughs> to is. the point where like the soccer world isn't ready for it, and Manchester United is like, "What the fuck is this? Like, we're gonna sue you." We're like in the NBA, it's like, "All right, you get what you want. Here you go. We'll trade you away." But like yeah. in soccer, they're like, "Nah, we're not playing that shit." Like, mm -mm, oh my god, we're gonna sue That's your super ass. Sour. And, and they're talking about suing him and all that other stuff. So I think that somehow he's 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 been villainized now. So I don't think people are rooting for him like they would have just two weeks ago. And I don't know if you guys saw the the videos of him like at, at practice with the Portuguese team oh, yeah. and like how, how yeah. cold Bruno Fernandes and and these guys were with him. Like they were like keeping their distance. And I think that that's unfortunately his last World Cup might not go very well because I think that he's kind of like. Um, alienated himself from a lot of the soccer people in the world. Chris, did you Which watch is, the interview by any chance? No, I didn't. But the way that you make it sound, it sounds horrifying. Oh, oh man, it's like there was a pizza, pits and pieces where like um, he was he was nice. He was talking about how he lost his um his his kid. I don't know if it was his son. Like his recently, son, yeah. like yeah, like it was it was yeah. uh, stillborn, I believe. So he lost his son, and 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 that part was nice. And he he was like very appreciative to the English, to Premier League in general and all the fans because they were, like, really supportive. They always gave him a standing ovation when he came out after that, like, in support. Like, Liverpool, the fans were singing. We, what, what's that song that they sing? Um, oh, you'll, you'll never, never walk, walk alone. alone. Like, yeah. they, they sang that to him, like, when he was out there. So, like, it was, it was nice. Um, but, like, for the, for everything that was nice, like, he had when he had an opportunity to dig into Manchester United – he took that chance, and, and it was it was kind of crazy. I wasn't expecting it. It was just surprising to me. I, I highly recommend, like, if you want to watch some, some, some. It's not trash TV, but if you want to see somebody just just out of character, like, yeah, yeah. Some, he, he did a good job of it. So I, I was surprised. Um, I gotta so watch it my, just because I hate. Yeah. Uh, I gotta watch it just because I hate Manchester United. So anything. <laughs> Anything about it, I'm with it. You know, listen, but long I took and I've said this off podcast. I, I text you all the time. Like this team is hard to watch. And I think Ronaldo feels disrespected. Like I think a lot of people I don't know 
I don't know why people. We can get into the Messi Ronaldo debate another time, right? I don't know why people protect Messi so much when he like because uh, he's humble. He's an asshole. Himself. Yeah, is he though? Like he's portrayed as humble, right? But, he's portrayed but that's as fine. Humble. But but he does a good job of hiding it. You know what Ronaldo did during that interview? He was uh, Pierce Morgan, I think is the guy's name. He was like, "Why don't people like you?" He goes, "Because uh, I'm good looking." Oh no, <laughs> no, he and then, didn't. And then he laughs and he's like. You know, he feels himself, you know, like, yeah. and you know, that, that might be part of it. If he was a really ugly guy, maybe some people wouldn't you, hate him so much. Yo, real quick, I, I do have think you ever that seen, that, huh? have you ever seen where, what Ronaldo looked like when he was growing up? Yeah, with the, uh, with that, with that grill and, and the, and the yeah, son, like, yeah. he, he, need, he needs to hit up Harry McGregor. Look, man, look what my <laughs> teeth used to look like. Look at what, where I <laughs> went <laughs> to, where I came from, my yeah. guy. Okay. teammates. Yeah, I'll shoot you the text. I'll shoot you the. I'll drop the pin for the dentist, my guy. We'll get the shit. He was also out. talking about how a lot of the young guys just don't care and they don't show like effort and stuff. And it's like, man, like if I was this teammate right now, if I was one of like these young kids, like I'm looking up to you and you're here trashing me, saying that I don't work hard. Like, it, it, like you said, I I definitely su- suggest you go watch it on YouTube. It's interesting. That's for sure. I'm gonna watch I'll check it, it out. For sure. For sure. All right. So, um, my quick prediction, um. I um, I've been so hearing who a lot of people. Who, who's getting to the finals, Danny? Who's fit, who's getting to the finals and winning I mean, it all? I, I, I guess the easy answer is Brazil. I think Belgium finally gets over that hump. Belgium has been one of the top teams and have had, like this is their their window. Like their window has opened up over the last decade, and they've been one of the top teams, but they just haven't been able to get over the hump. And I think this is their chance because I think their their window might be closing soon. I think Kevin De Bruyne is, is to me is, is one of the best players in the world. He's the best midfielder in the world, and nobody talks about him. Nobody, yeah. like Chris. Do you know who Kevin De Bruyne is? Yes, I do. My son loves him. Yeah. Okay, but but, but I, I didn't mean that as an insult. I meant it as like he's not a household name. Oh like, yeah, he, no, he's like, not. Uh, he's not one of those guys. Like no. unless you unless you play like FIFA or something, like he's not a household name. But he yeah. is. He's great. Like nobody really talks about Kevin De Bruyne. So I think Belgium. If I had to choose somebody outside of Brazil, which I think is the obvious choice because they have the best roster, I think I would go with Belgium. Um, I keep hearing people saying Serbia, and I don't know why. Like it's very weird to me. But I, I, I like, you know, I, I'm a sports junkie. I listen to tons of podcasts and stuff, and everybody keeps talking about the dark horse, Serbia, Serbia, Serbia. I need to watch Serbia play this week because I have mm-hmm. no idea why everybody keeps saying Serbia is a dark horse. Because to me, like I've never heard about Serbia being a, a powerhouse in the world, so I, I think it's interesting. I, I want to watch Serbia. I think Belgium is my choice. If I'm not going to choose, I'm going to say Belgium, and I think Spain is is a dark horse just because everybody's discounting them because all of their like Spain had this golden era, right, with, where they were just dominating the soccer world, right, with uh, with uh, um, Sergio Ramos, Pique. Uh, Busquets, uh, these two, Xavi, and, and all these guys. Yeah. And and that era is gone. This is a new era. But I think they're underrating this new era. Like, they still have ballers. Um, so I'm surprised that they, that nobody's really giving them a chance. I think that's a dark horse. But, but yeah, I'm choosing Belgium as my as, as my winner. You so, what say you're saying, so what you're saying is I should put the house on Serbia. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> if... if if, if there's a bet on, like, somebody that's going to be, like, making it to, like, the quarterfinals and you can put money on it, 
according to everybody else, that's a safe bet. Like, that's going to be, like, one of the final eight teams. Ooh. That's all I'm saying. I have no idea why. Again, I want to watch them this week, but that, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, speaking of bets, uh, Danny, you can handle this for me. I think I saw on, on Bleacher Report it said that the U.S. was minus 1150 or minus 150 to get out the groups. I can't remember exactly what it said. Um, is that terrible or should I be like, is that a good bet then? Like, how does that work? That's not terrible. That means that, that that's like they're favorited. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're expected to, to get out of the group. Them and England, I think most people would expect them and England to get out of this group. Right. Yeah, like if, if, if USA is minus one something, then England would be like minus five billion. Yeah. Like yeah, that's I'm, essentially I'm sure, what it would I'm be. Sure, then. I'm sure England is probably minus like five hundred or something like that. Yeah. So now, that, that Iran makes, would be means, like so minus one time. They're expected to get out of the group. Now I'm I'm not sure if th- those numbers were before today's game because I think that their chances have gone down now that they didn't get oh, these yeah. three points against against yeah. Wales. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're expected, and I, I would still expect them. I still expect them to get out of the group. I refuse to believe that we're gonna get sent home after three games. Like that would be extremely no. disappointing. Yeah, I would. So the odds are after the draw, minus one ten okay. after the draw. Yeah, look, at, look at, they're still oh. favorites to get out of the group. Yeah. So, and and I again, I still expect them. I expect them to at worst. Draw on Friday. I expect them to win, and we have to figure out where we're gonna go watch that game. Chris, Ben lives in too far, like in Casa. Yeah, yeah, too far. Casa Carajo. Yeah, yeah. Casa that's Carajo. what I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the Spanish but, people that listen to this Casa Carajo is accurate. I, I'm pretty sure the the people that do listen to this all speak Spanish. Just about. Um, now mm-hmm. I wanted to end with this. Staying on World Cup. Everybody knows the hand of God, right? The the goal from Maradona. Mm-hmm. This ball got auctioned off, and it sold for how much was it? Been two point four million. Two point four million five days ago. Okay. So it got sold. Now, what I found interesting about this is not so much that that ball got sold because I know the jersey got sold also for like nine million like a year ago, but that the ball got sold. It wasn't so much that the ball got sold. But it was the person that owned the ball that I thought was surprising. Do you guys know who owned this ball that got auctioned off? No. Who owned the ball? It was the referee of the game. Oh, sketchy skits. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, hold on. Wait, FIFA uh, FIFA and FIFA referees are match fixing? No. So, does that sound kind of sketchy? Like, Hey, this is a handball that just scored a very important goal for Argentina to beat England. And it's in my house. Let me keep this ball. You know, let's count this goal and keep this ball. Now, do I really think that he was thinking that? Maybe not because he took like 40 years to sell it. But it is a little little sketchy, a little sketchy. Well, maybe he's selling it now because after Argentina wins, would that ball still have value? Mm. Facts. Right, because if Argentina yeah. wins, then that ball doesn't have that much value. But they made it to the final back in 2014. Yeah. So I mean, Messi so needed like a handball. Was... <laughs> Yo, I got. Yeah. I have a question. I have a question. Right, you think when he was walking off the pitch, like he tucked it under his shirt, like you know how we used to do that dumb know. shit, like you know what yeah. I mean, like when you Put play basketball, shirt, you like... hide it on your shirt. Yeah, like, like this. Right. Oh, look, I think. No, I just ate too much. That's all that is. Just uh, I don't know where the ball is. 
I, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't like I, that that's what surprised me. Not so much that the ball got auctioned off. It's when I found out who the owner of the ball was. I was like, That's sketchy. The referee? The one that said that, that was a goal? That was that's a little sketchy. FIFA. I wonder what FIFA his cut is FIFA. gonna be. Yeah, exactly. Because you know the auctioner, the auctioner's probably gonna get some. FIFA yeah, might get some. He's gonna yeah. get some. FIFA, I mean, FIFA got could, all the money. Yeah. For sure. Which you guys well, I mean, gotta I, watch that documentary. I watched the whole thing and it is mind blowing, especially as a person that doesn't watch soccer. And I asked you guys you do I, watch I was, soccer, you're just new to and it. I know I'm new to it, but like seeing all of that, like that's crazy. And I, I think I posed the question to you, Danny, but I wanted to pose it to you guys here. Why is it that FIFA is like playing in the corner with their toys and like the world like like the U.S. the Olympics have no soccer in it. They do. What? They do, but it's it's, just, uh, it's like mm-hmm. go ahead, Kurt. kids. It's like U uh, nineteens. It's like or U twenty threes. It's kids no, under twenty three. We old. need to get the I, big I, dogs. I, I, I believe Neymar won it with Brazil. There didn't he? He did. He did when he was twenty three. Yeah, he was the oldest but, player. Yeah. But why? Are, why are they allowed to play with their toys in the corner? And then you have the Olympics, who legit does this, like, forever. Like, why can't they join forces? Why is it that this squad of FIFA members have to be on top of their little FIFA World Cup when there's, like, an Olympic team because that, like, the legit Oli- oversees things, like, in a seem- in what seems to be a legit manner? What, what I would assume is that when you're talking about the Olympics, you're talking about sports in general. Right. So when you're talking about World Cup, you're just talking about soccer. So like it, it gives Goodbye. the stage, it gives the stage just to soccer. Right. The focus is all on soccer. If you put them in the Olympics, it's like, oh, yeah. So the U.S. plays today, but the United States basketball team also plays later on today. So maybe I'll watch that instead. Like, you know, like the, yeah. the full attention isn't on the soccer. So I think that mm-hmm. that's why. And that's what makes it special. I hate I wish it was just every three years instead of every four years. I yeah. think four years, although it makes it special, it's such a long wait. It is but, a long um, time. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, that's what makes it special, I guess. That we need to talk about on, yeah. a, on a separate podcast. But And to answer your question, uh, Chris, uh, to, to quote the great Zach Wilson that just gives one-word responses, uh, <laughs> money. Money, money. Money. That's it. Why share it? Why share it with other sports when you could take all the money in? Money. Yeah. I don't think you're quoting Zach Wilson there, though. It's no, one, word no, one word response. One word response. Oh, oh I, th- I thought you said quoting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, do you have anything else for the people, Chris? No, man. This was a great show. Listen, I can't wait to do more coverage with Ben because I love <laughs> his opinion on this U.S. soccer team. Oh, Coach, let me tell you something. Get out of here. You're a piece it, of shit. Uh, Double, yeah, triple yeah, G. Thank you. If Ben would have stuck around for battered hair on, I might have had an issue because Chris gets really gassed up sometimes, and I think Ben would just be behind them, just like, oh, son, I'll just take, flaming I'll them take. shits. No, yeah, I got. I'd have been like, please don't cancel us, don't cancel us, please. <laughs> Listen, save Listen, the man, save the get... fuel, save the fuel for after this uh, England and tea and crumpets game. We'll we'll, we'll definitely be back uh, after that game to, to recap that game. Hopefully, we're talking about a win, not a draw. But at worst, the draw, because I definitely don't want to be talking about a loss. Yeah. 
So yeah. make sure that you catch Ben on You Heard podcast for all you UM fans. I know a lot of Inter Miami fans are also UM fans. So he's got that stream of file. He's going to be talking about Love is Blind, which is trash TV, but it's fucking good trash TV. So go ahead and um, and what else? What Anything else, Ben, that you want to promote or get out there? Uh, no, nah, man. I just wanted to say, uh, in, in closing, fuck Greg Burhalter. And uh, when they have entire segments of your bounce passes, you're not a very good coach. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> yeah, check me out wherever. Uh, where Danny shot when you heard podcast stream a file, and dumping on the better hands whenever I can. Man, Benny Buckets eight four seven on Twitter. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back on Friday to cover this uh, USA England. It is called soccer. Soccer.